You're listening to Managing Leadership Anxiety, Yours and Theirs, a podcast offered in partnership with Missio Alliance. Each episode, we discuss internal and relational pressures, how they block effective leadership, and how we can move through them to a greater health. And now your host, Steve Cuss. All right, folks, we made it to the season finale, season seven, Managing Leadership Anxiety. This is our final episode of the season, releasing this one in December. And then we take a good solid month off or so, give our folks a breather, and we'll come back to you in January. So no guest today, just me. I'm going to give us just three or four really simple, but actually pretty deep tools to help us uh, pay attention to our anxiety, pay attention to reactivity in ourselves and others. These are simple tools. They're not complicated, but they are deep tools. If you practice them, you can actually practice some pretty profound transformation. So I'll, I'll quickly move us through those tools, and then I'll, I'll give you really a final update from me. As many of you know who have been following along with my journey, uh, I am almost at the end of a transition of leadership, so I'll catch you up on what's going there what's coming down the pike in 2022 with my ministry and my work. But first, let's get into these tools. So, you know, oftentimes I find myself in situations where people, they want like a primer or an introduction to um, paying attention to anxiety. So I'm going to just give that to us and hopefully this can help us navigate the uh, holiday season, Christmas season, because the fact is particularly for those who are faith leaders, uh, Christmas, which should be a time of relaxation and joy, can be a really profound time of exhaustion for most of us, particularly in church leadership. Our deadlines are more intense. Uh, lots of people come out of the woodwork at Christmas. I know for those of us, uh, our churches that are in crisis intervention work or doing poverty alleviation, really it's the week before Thanksgiving until Christmas Day. Is just an intense run for us as all kinds of needs come out of the woodwork. But not just needs, also all kinds of people wanting to make a difference come out of the woodwork between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So it can be really intense. Those of you who maybe attend a church and you're not on a church staff, this could be a great time just for you to reach out to any of your church staff and just send them a note of encouragement, or maybe you'd even consider sending them a tangible gift. I'm telling you, uh, pretty much every church staff I know are doing a lot of overtime in the month of December. So uh, I'm here to give us some relief, just some very simple tools. And and really, let's, let's start right now. The, the first simple, profound, deep tool in flipping the power dynamic with anxiety and reactivity is pausing. Just <laughs> That's it, just learning to pause. If you pay attention to the dynamic of anxiety, what it does how it shows up, the message it has. One of the uh, diabolical messages of anxiety is it says, keep going, keep going, keep your nose to the grindstone, stay on the treadmill, try harder, do more. These are the messages of anxiety. And by simply pausing, sometimes the pause can take 30 seconds. Sometimes you might need a whole day but I'm telling you, this is the lie of anxiety. Anxiety says there's no time to pause. Just keep trying. Do more. Do better. But if you can learn to notice when you're filled with anxiety, that's the start. But if you can intervene and pause rather than staying on the treadmill, that's a huge tool. So the first simple tool, you know, look, we're only two minutes into this and here we go. 
is learning to pause. You, you would think this is a simple thing to do. You would think that once you learn to pause, you're just pausing all the time. But I've learned in my own life, I can get so wrapped up in myself. I can get so flooded. Um, oftentimes, even now, I can be pretty much in reactivity's grip before I'm even aware that I'm anxious, that I forget to pause. And this really leads us to the second tool. This is a longer-term tool and a harder tool to get the hang of. But see if you can learn to listen to the gospel of anxiety. You know, anxiety has a gospel. When, when those of us who are followers of Christ, when we think of the phrase, the gospel, of course, we think of Jesus Christ and the freedom and peace that Jesus offers us. But it actually gets really interesting when you notice that there's gospels everywhere. You know, those of us who have done any kind of theological study, we learned early on about the Pax Romana. This was actually the gospel of the Roman Empire, the peace of Rome. Pax Romana, just Latin for the peace of Rome. It turns out Rome had a gospel. And uh, Paul actually took that political word gospel, and it's almost like he converted it, uh, the, the good news. Uh, Paul wasn't the first to do this. Uh, Luke, for example, when Luke declares the good news of Jesus in the birth narrative, Luke is in, in many ways writing right in the face of the Roman Empire. Luke intentionally puts in Luke chapter 2, in the days of Caesar Augustus, that's how Luke starts his wonderful nativity. Well, you can Google the gospel of Caesar Augustus. Uh, it was written by one of the Roman uh, poets, Virgil. And uh, Virgil declared that the birth of Caesar Augustus is a day of good news and glad tidings. It it's, uses freakishly the same amount of words that we use to celebrate Christmas. I, I bring up the Roman Empire gospel just to help us notice that there's gospels everywhere. Whatever country you live in has a gospel. Uh, the country you live in, the culture you live in, is trying to tell you the path of good news. Uh, and so in that context, I just want to say that anxiety also has a gospel. And if you can learn to listen to its message and its promise, what you're doing is you're trying to note whether it's good for its word. Can it live up to its promise? So for example, I, I live in the United States and the gospel of the United States is the American dream. And for many people, it lives up to that promise, but for a lot of people, it doesn't. And particularly for those who, um, you know, the American dream is built on, on their backs rather than for their benefit. Obviously, we're getting a bit provocative here, but, but take a listen to the gospel of anxiety. See if you can notice what it promises. What I've noticed is, is the gospel of anxiety says, you're stuck, you have to keep going, you have to try harder, and if you just keep at it, things will be better. Uh, you can do it on your own strength. These are some of the messages of the gospel. And this is one of the reasons that pausing is such an antidote to actually stopping the gospel of anxiety and allowing the true gospel of Jesus Christ to come in and flood your soul. Now, as you're starting to do some work on the gospel of anxiety, we're actually going to be digging into this a bit more in 2022. One of the questions you can ask yourself is, um, in these Gospels, in these competing Gospels, whether it's the Gospel of my culture or Gospel of anxiety, Gospel of Jesus, ask yourself this simple question, who pays? Who's the one that's doing the paying in this Gospel and who's getting the benefit? 
One of the things that I find fascinating about the Christian gospel is it's the only message where the God pays for the benefit of the human. But in every other gospel, whether you're talking about the Roman Empire's Pax Romana, maybe even if you look into the ancient system of the gods, the Egyptian gods, the Greek gods, you know, even some of our world religions today, quite frankly, it's not the God that pays for the sake of the human. It's that the human must pay or sacrifice for the sake of the God. And if you analyze the gospel of anxiety, you see the same dynamic at play. Anxiety wants you to pay for its benefit. And you're the one that keeps sacrificing. And so you just have to ask yourself, how much longer do I want to pay the price? When am I willing to relax into the freedom and peace of Jesus Christ that Jesus offers? versus staying on the treadmill of anxiety of my own effort and trying harder, trying harder. Okay, so obviously on audio like this, it can be tricky to to keep track of. The first power tool is pausing, just learning to notice when you're getting anxious, you're getting reactive, and just stopping and make that mental note to get off that treadmill, pause. Second, you're learning to listen to the gospel that's in your head. What is it that you're believing? What truth or reality or message are you living out of? And is it delivering on its promise? Right? Is it giving you the freedom and peace and love that the true gospel of Jesus offers? Or is it leading to more worry, more effort, more burden, more shame? Which then, of course, leads to the third question or the third tool. Just take a look at, well, who's paying here? Am I paying for the sake of it? Or is the God paying for my benefit, because that's what grace is. God pays, we benefit, that's grace. All right. Uh, Next, if once you've paused, you have to learn to move into a posture of curiosity. You know, some people in this field, in the systems theory field, or even in psychology, they say that the opposite of anxiety isn't relaxation, it's curiosity. I find that fascinating that curiosity is the opposite of anxiety. I'm not sure I would say it quite that way, but I tell you what I would say is curiosity is one of the power tools to lower anxiety and to to lessen its grip. So particularly those of you who have a harsh inner critic, that, that voice of condemnation, one of the great tools to dent the power of your inner critic is curiosity. You know, when that voice condemns you, <laughs> if you approach that, voice of condemnation and say, oh, I wonder why you're being so harsh. It doesn't really know what to do with that. Anxiety doesn't really know what to do in the presence of curiosity. So learning to be curious about yourself is a wonderful, practical act of self-kindness and self-love. But also when, when anxiety is coming at you, as it often does from people, You know, we say on this podcast all the time that anxiety is contagious. It spreads in a group. So sometimes you'll feel anxiety coming at you. Learning to pause and then be curious about what's going on in another person. Maybe even ask them. For example, you might say, boy, I'm I'm feeling a lot of heat from you right now. Um, What's going on in you right now? Would you mind telling me what, what you're feeling, what you're thinking? Just that posture of step, we call it step-down curiosity. It's not a condescending curiosity. It's not as if you're better than someone. You're coming underneath them with true humility to learn to connect. 
So, pausing, listening to the gospel message, curiosity. I've had a question come in uh, over the last few months, and it's come in several times, so I think it's a great question. People say, well, as I'm learning to discern the voice of my inner critic, what's the difference between the Holy Spirit's conviction and just my inner critic? In other words, people are saying to me, you know, if I do your tools, I don't want to ignore the, the Spirit of God in this, which I think is great. Actually, it turns out that the difference is very simple. The Holy Spirit is a message of conviction. Your inner critic is a message of condemnation. Paul tells us in Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So the Holy Spirit will never condemn you, it will convict you. And maybe you're thinking, well, what's the difference? I need a little more. Any kind of spirit-led conviction is always going to bring you on a path that leads to peace and freedom. So typically when I'm convicted by the Spirit, or maybe even when somebody comes to me because I've done something that needs repair, there's a path available for me. There's a path of repair, repentance, restoration, and then after that, I feel freedom and peace. That's how I know it's the gospel. But my inner critic, if I follow the message of my inner critic, if, if you will, the gospel of my inner critic, it never leads me anywhere. It just keeps me stuck in a cycle. So condemnation just keeps you trapped in a corner. It wants to keep you stuck. The other thing I've noticed about my inner critic is its message never updates based on my life changing. Maybe I've worked on some things. Maybe God has really transformed some things in my life. But that inner critic is the same predictable message whereas God's Holy Spirit is more dynamic, leading me into new places, new levels of awareness of where I need to die to something in my life, for example. So at its core, very simply, God's Spirit leads to repentance. You know, Paul says in Romans uh, 4, I think it is, it's your kindness, O Lord, that leads us to repentance. And so you know it's conviction if there's something that you can do with God to repair, repent, restore and then at the end of it, you experience, you're flooded often with that freedom and peace. If you're just stuck in condemnation, it doesn't progress you anywhere. And it, it doesn't lead you to freedom and peace. The, the gospel of condemnation, the gospel of anxiety leads you to a dead end. The next thing you can do is see if you can begin to locate what's generating your anxiety. Uh, this is what I call the big five. This is a, a new teaching I have as I continue to work on how to teach this material so that people can kind of hang their hat on it. It's, it's classically one of five core beliefs in us that generate anxiety inside of us. Now, uh, we can get really sophisticated here because I've also identified 31 universal sources of anxiety in any relationship, stuff like that. I'll be tackling some more of those next year. But for now, just the anxiety in you, if we're looking at your, your belief system, it's the big five. It's control. In other words, when you're not in control, you get anxious. The second one is perfection. The belief that you must do it perfectly every time, the first time, even though you've never done it before. The third one is knowing the answer. You know, some of you, you're in a meeting and somebody asks someone else a question and you believe that you must answer it. The fourth is always being there for people. Uh, you're one of those people that you love to be helpful, but anytime somebody has an issue, you rush in, you feel this compulsion to be there and save the day. Well, be helpful. 
The fifth one is people's approval. You get anxious when you think someone disapproves of you or doesn't like you or is disappointed in you. So these are the five, control, perfection, having the answer, being there for people, and approval. Can you locate your anxiety on one or more of these five? For me, it's the last three. I tend to get anxious when I don't have the answer or when I feel a need to give the answer. I always want to be there for people. If someone's hurting, I believe that I must be there for them. And then I generally need people's approval for me to be okay. So these are the three areas of my life that I spend most of my time dying to them and giving them to God so I can rest in Christ. And we'll dig into this more in 2022, but I find it interesting just to tip my head a little bit that these five are five unique attributes of God. God's in control. God's sovereign. God's perfect. God knows everything. He's omniscient. God is the one that's there for everybody. And God's the one that gives us our approval. So there's something interesting about the gospel of anxiety and what it offers and the gospel of Jesus and what Jesus offers that anxiety is trying to make us into some kind of mini God. And that's what's causing our anxiety. But Jesus only expects us to be fully human, to be exactly human sized. And so when we stop giving up control, we give it to God. When we don't believe we need to do it perfectly, but we can just do it well enough. When we can sit in a room and say, I don't know. When we realize that God has thousands of people that can be there for others. When we rest in God's approval, not the approval of human beings. That's when freedom and peace show up. And so as it turns out, the gospel of anxiety is a chief competitor with the gospel of Jesus Christ. These are some themes. I'm moving quickly in our finale because these are themes that I'm going to be fleshing out on some dedicated episodes in 2022. I'm really excited to get them out for you as we really dig in next year on the theology of anxiety and how do we actually let the gospel of Jesus Christ displace our anxiety in the moment. So just hopefully some quick tools there that might help you as you navigate this next month. Those of you who are church staffs, I just want you to know I've been in local church leadership for 26 years and man, that grind at Christmas, it can be so intense, can't it? celebrating the birth of Jesus, but having more on our plates to do, it can be so difficult just to pause and to get on our tiptoes and just to peek our nose over the manger at the baby, right? Just to take time this Advent and Christmas season to gaze upon the wonder of Emmanuel, God with us. But it's so vital to do. Don't, don't let us be a church staff that proclaims something we're not experiencing for ourselves. I, I was just recently with some friends of mine at Causeway Coast Vineyard Church up in Coleraine, Northern Ireland. I was doing some work with the incredible staff there. God is doing a unique work at Causeway Coast that I'm just so excited to get to see up, up close. But one of their staff values they have is when they're sharing where God's at work among their staff, they always want their stories to be present tense really fresh. In other words, they're encouraging their staff to continue to chase the goodness of God directly, to not be leaning on old stories. And I know the pressure that church staffs can feel. So much to do for God, not enough time to abide in Christ. And ironically, at Christmas and at Easter, the kind of the high holy days of the church, that's when we can feel the most pressure. I just want to encourage you this week, as you're listening to this podcast, what can you do today? What can you do this week to 
just to step on that step stool as a little child yourself and to peek with great wonder and delight at baby Jesus. God with us in the form of a vulnerable baby, fully God and fully human. Just amazing. You know, as you kick around in that area with the shepherds, you know, when they came to visit the last people who thought they'd ever get to enjoy the presence of God. And then, of course, a few years later, I hate to ruin our nativities, but a few years later, according to Matthew, when the wise men came to visit, when Jesus was a young boy, these people from a different religion compelled to come and discover Jesus. Let's, as followers of Jesus and as worshipers of Jesus, let's make sure that we're taking time to be astonished, astonished at the goodness of God. Because that's the, that's the other thing that anxiety does, is it tells us to forget that God's with us. It's the opposite message of Emmanuel. The, the message of God is Emmanuel, God with us. The message of anxiety is it's all on your shoulders. So one of the things that I do when I pause is I intentionally ask God to remind me God's with me. God's here. God's here right now. But not just that, where I really begin to relax into the grace of God is when I remember that God's already gone ahead of me. When Mary and Joseph made that trip, both are true. When they headed out for the census, they were carrying God with them. They were not alone. God was in their belly, in Mary's belly. It's unbelievable. But also, God was already ahead of them preparing the way. doesn't mean things got easier. God doesn't always smooth the path for us when God goes ahead of us. But we can remember that that thing that we're anxious about, that person that we struggle with, that situation, the pressure we feel, God's already there. And so as you walk into that meeting, as you enter that house, as you step on that stage to preach or whatever it is you're doing, you're stepping into the presence of God where God's already at work. As we rapidly approach Christmas, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I wish to remind you that God is with us. And just as we wrap up this podcast episode, just a quick update from me. Many of you have been journeying with me these last several months. I think I announced in the late spring that we had announced to our church that this would be my final year as a lead pastor. And I'm thrilled to let you know that last week or two weeks ago now, I guess it was, uh, November 14th, we announced to our congregation our new lead pastor, a young fellow named Zach Krieger. Uh, Zach is a phenomenal man of God. He's an incredibly gifted preacher and leader. He's a great team builder. And I'm just, I'm really excited to get to work under Zach's leadership. So we announced that to the church. And I uh, just want you, you to know, as our listeners, it went so well. I was so excited with how excited our church was. Uh, you know, because I've been here 16 years, we've been through a lot together. And you just never know how this is going to go. But boy, from the moment we announced it, our church was ecstatic. Lots of celebration, lots of blessing for Zach and his wife. And uh, Zach will get going with us mid-December. So starting December 13th, I will step away and just kind of work part-time through Christmas. And then January through the end of March, I'll step away from the church uh, just to give Zach some space to get established, and then we'll kind of see what's best for discovery. But right now, the plan is that I'll come back in a very limited role, part-time, occasional preaching, lots of support and encouragement for Zach and pastoral care. 
And then my work full-time will be managing leadership anxiety workshops and my Capable Life online community. And I'm also getting going on my next book. So here's some updates. Uh, last week, Right Now Media and Denver Faith and Work had me film a whole series of videos that they'll be releasing in 2022. And it'll be seven videos for church small groups where you can do sermon series and then your small group can watch a video and discuss on managing anxiety. And then also seven videos for workplace. So obviously the church group videos are soaked in the gospel. The workplace videos, I would say they're informed by the gospel but they're totally appropriate to show in any workplace environment, helping you going from being reactive and spun up to calm, aware, and present. So I'll announce on the podcast when they're released, but you, if you're a Right Now Media subscriber, they'll be uh, on your feed, and then I'll also have them available for sale uh, when they're released next year. Also, my wife and I are going to be creating a 90-day journal of managing anxiety. It's like a calm, aware, present journal where there's some tools in there for you to work on. There'll also be just some daily practices, just literally three to seven minutes a day of journaling to help you locate your anxiety, notice the person you're obsessed with, and some simple tools to connect with God. That'll be coming out hopefully in the spring. In January, I have a meeting with a publisher for my next book. Uh, right now, my next book is tentatively called Minding the Gap Between uh, What We Believe About God and What We Experience from God. Obviously, it's a bit of a long title, but the idea is that many of us have these beliefs about God, but we don't encounter the God of our belief. And our three core beliefs that I think we struggle to encounter is, I believe God loves me, but I don't feel it. I believe God is with me, but I don't see it. And I thought I'd be further along in my walk by now. I'm going to look at these beliefs. I'm going to look at what keeps us trapped and stuck in the gap. And then some practices where we can manage the gap between our belief and our encounter. Uh, in, in many ways, it's kind of a philosophy of discipleship I have on how people can actually grow in Christ and encounter Christ. As we wrap up, a, a few things I'm going to ask of you. Number one, would you reach out and let me know what resources would be most helpful? Uh, because I'll have more time next year and I really want to focus on resources that can help people in their faith, in their family relationships, and in their workplace dynamics. So what, what do you want? Um, also, um, I am currently booked out through the end of June with my travel schedule, but my fall and late summer is open if you'd like me to come to your organization. I do workshops anywhere from half a day to two days. Uh, sometimes I'll come in and do staff training. Sometimes I'll just work with an executive team. Of course, I can do that over Zoom as well. I do have some Zoom openings in the spring, but my travel is fully booked through the end of June. Boy, God has opened so many doors. It's been just incredible. But um, if you'd like me to come, just reach out. At the end of this podcast, I'll let you know my email. You can reach out to me directly. Uh, if you're listening in Europe, I'll be back in Europe in March. And uh, I usually work in England, but I'm obviously a very cheap plane flight from anywhere. So if you're in Europe and you'd like me to come while I'm out there in March, let me know. I've made time in March to extend my trip there. Finally, uh, as I've been saying for the last few months now, I've uh, created an online curated community called Capable Life. Uh, what I know to be true is these all these tools that I teach, you know, the podcast is kind of a taste. You get like, I don't know, you get like 5% of what we offer. But if you go to www.capablelife.me, it's very inexpensive. You can sign up for a year for $280. Uh, 
You get a guided tour, a guided experience. You get connected to a peer group of others who are working on this. You get a monthly coaching Zoom call. All these resources to help dislodge and flip the power dynamic. So I'd encourage you, if you want to make more progress, if you really want your 2022 to have some breakthroughs, why don't you join our Capable Life community, capablelife.me, where you can find out more. Okay, talk to me. Let me know what resources you want. Uh, if you'd like me to do some work with your organization, steve at stevecusswords.com. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. I wish you a Merry Christmas and may the peace of Christ be yours this Christmas season. And we'll talk to you again in January. For more resources, visit stevecusswords.com or missyoualliance.org.